0: Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. To subscribe to the podcast, visit streetlevelradio.com and click on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Street Level Radio.
1: Previously in Chapter 9, we read how Paul was using himself as an example of what a mature Christian is, one who disciplines himself to better serve God. Now here in chapter 10, Paul is going to use Israel as an example of spiritual immaturity. Immaturity shown by their overconfidence and their lack of self-discipline. Two of the greatest problems facing the church today, I think, are those of false security and overconfidence. But scripture is clear. A person may think and say he is saved, but he may also be very wrong. Saying and thinking do not make a person safe and secure in Christ. Saying and thinking are not the reality or the evidence of salvation. A person may be baptized, even belong to a church, but baptism and membership in a church do not make a person safe and secure in Christ. A person may partake of communion, and think he is thereby safe and secure in Christ, but partaking of the bread and wine do not make a person safe and secure in Christ. A person may sense the presence of a supernatural being in their lives or around them and be greatly gifted even, or maybe even be very active in their church, but it is not these things that make a person safe and secure in Christ. This was the problem with the Corinthian believers. All of these things were true of them, and yet they felt safe and secure in Christ. But were they really? This last chapter made the point very clear that the Christian believer is in a race for the incorruptible crown, and a crown of life does not come to us ever on a silver platter. According to Paul, a person must run to win the race, run in discipline, and denying himself and his life. Verse 1 of chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians says, Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank of a spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. Now the emphasis in this passage is certainly falls upon that little word, all. God's redemption of the people of Israel out of Egypt is a picture of the spiritual redemption of mankind out of the world and through the act of the cross of Christ. That redemption came for all those who, in obedience, places the sacrificial blood on the doorposts in the prescribed manner, at least in the Old Testament. That's what they did. Because, you see, it was a matter of obedience. They obeyed, and thus the angel of death passed over them. It was a physical redemption that came for them all, each one benefiting from the care of their redeeming creator. This is a point Paul was making, and that was that all these redeemed individuals began their journey the same way. Verse 5 says, However with most of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. So however great their privilege and blessings that they received, it did not guarantee their success. They had so much in their possession, and yet they still never saw the promises of God. We read this passage and we read that 3 million people received God's blessing and redemption from Egypt, which represents the world. Yet only two, just two, ever found their way into the Promised Land. The Promised Land, that true and full blessing of God. The truth is, and the historical account will bear this witness, that while their bodies left Egypt, their hearts remained there. And the comparison to our wider modern church today is unavoidable. How many of us have left Egypt? only to remain there in our hearts. Now, we no doubt quickly cry, oh, no, 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 not us. But let us ask ourselves truthfully, where are our hearts today? The way we live our lives, our passions, our priorities, these things tell us where our hearts truly lie. And Matthew 6.21 clearly tells us that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also.